Are you ready? I'm going to make an argument. I don't, use the, I, don't, I don't think I've hardly ever used the acronym for Calvinism, which is TULIP, T-U-L-I-P, before in my entire teaching at this church. But I'm about to mention TULIP right now because I think all five points of TULIP are in these three verses. Are you ready? Total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Why do I mention this here? Well, it's, it's in the text, but, but secondly, this is a comfort to us. In the midst of this chaos around us and this beast that's going to come trample on the saints, where's the comfort? Where's the hope? Well, Greg just mentioned God has got a, a, a leash on the beast. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a borrowed authority, and God's going to bring it back and judge the beast. So that's part of it is God's sovereignty. But listen to God's sovereignty and salvation. All five points of Calvinism are right here. Look at verse 8. We'll start with the total depravity, the T. Verse 8, and all who dwell on the, earth will, on the earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Now listen, total depravity means this. Left to myself, I will always worship something other than Jesus. My free will is enslaved to my sinful nature, and I will always choose sin over Jesus left to myself. What does every single human do apart from God's intervention in this verse? They worship the beast and follow it. They worship what is ungodly. That's all of us by nature. So that that is total depravity. Number two, unconditional election. Look at verse eight. You can see it most clearly here. All who dwell on the earth worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who was slain. What makes the small few stay faithful to the lamb? The answer is God wrote their names in a book of life before they were born. It's not something I choose that got me in the book of life. It's God choosing to put my name by grace in his book that made me a Christian. His writing your name in the book before the creation of the world is the cause of your salvation, not not something he did in reaction to your salvation. He didn't wait until you were converted and write your name down. He wrote your name down, and that's why his grace has transformed your life. That's the doctrine of unconditional election. How about limited atonement, the most controversial of the five? And what we mean by that, I'll explain. Look at verse 8 one more time. All who dwell on the earth will worship it. Everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. This text tells you explicitly who Jesus died with the intention of saving. It's everyone written in the Lamb's book of life. That's why he was slain, to ransom all those who are in the book of life. That's all of his elect, all of his sheep, all of his true bride, all of his people. Look at Revelation chapter 5 to make the same point. I think this, this doctrine is taught right here. Let me, let me read 5, verses, uh, verse 9. Uh, Revelation 5, 9, the song in heaven. And they sang a new song saying to Jesus, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you've made them a kingdom of priests. It doesn't say he ransomed every tribe and language and people and nation. It says his blood was spilled to ransom people from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. See, here's the thing. There's a sense in which the gospel is universal. God so loved the world, he gave his son, whoever believes will be saved. That's true. There's a sense in which the offer of the gospel is universal. But what guarantees the salvation of God's elect? The answer is Jesus died specifically to purchase his own from the world. From every tribe, his blood purchased them. That's the doctrine of limited atonement. Go back to Revelation 13. How about irresistible grace? Well, it's implied here. You can sort of see it in verse 9. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. God has to give you the hearing to hear it. He has to give you the eyes to see it. But most of all, you see here, if it wasn't for God writing my name in his book and dying, Jesus dying for my sins, 
I would still be worshiping the world, which means what made the turnaround in my life was God's redeeming grace. He irresistibly won me to himself. That's the doctrine of irresistible grace. How about the doctrine of perseverance of the saints? The fifth point of tulip, the P. Look at verse 10. It's right there. If anyone is to be taken captive to, to, to captivity, he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword he must be slain. Here is a call for the endurance or the perseverance and faith of the saints. Perseverance of the saints means two things. Number one, God is going to keep us. He keeps his own. My sheep hear my voice. They follow me. I know them. They know me. I I hold them in my hand and no one can snatch them out of my hand. And my father, who's greater than all, holds them in his hand and no one can snatch them from my father. We believe in eternal security. That doesn't mean we are passive in our salvation. We don't just sit back and just let things happen. No, we must also use our will that God is empowering by his spirit to endure, to persevere, to keep going. And so you see here again, the endurance or perseverance of the saints is also included in this verse. Why do I bring all that up? Well, I think it's in the text, but also this is a wonderful doctrine, not just for Christians to argue about, and it's fine to argue about this in a loving way. It's fine to debate this. That's, that's not a problem. Just don't lose your temper, but it's good to discuss these things. But here's why it's wonderful news. If those five doctrines are true, no matter what comes your way, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You were depraved and in love with sin. God chose you before you were born. He sent Jesus to die specifically to secure your salvation in the Lamb's book of life. He then sent his spirit to defeat your rebellion, change your will, give you a new heart, make you devoted to him uh, truly from your heart. And he's also promised that he's never gonna let you ultimately fall away. If the five points of tulip are true, you've got nothing to fear even if we live to see the worst moment of the beast and the Antichrist. Even if we live through the highest moment of persecution in all of church history, God will not lose his own. He won't lose one sheep. All of them will be rescued by the redeeming and saving work of God. So the sovereignty of God is what we need, especially when things are getting difficult and when things get tough. 